mean the place from which you draw water, but I mean the place from which everything is all right. Everything's all right. This woman, the Bible, Brother Randall and I have gone back and forth about this for years. The Bible says she was a great woman. Brother Randall said it's because she was a heavy woman. I said it's because she was a wealthy woman. I guess she could have been both. I don't know. But she lived with her husband in a place called Shunem. Now, Shunem lay halfway between Abel Mahola, which was Elisha's hometown, and Mount Carmel. And Mount Carmel was a place where uh, God had done many great things. That's where Elijah uh, defeated, with the power of the help of the Lord, defeated the prophets of Baal and of the grove when he prayed and called down fire from heaven. And uh, Mount Carmel was a place where Elisha had gone again and he prayed and the Lord sent a cloud like as unto a man's hand. And Gehazi is, is very connected to all, or excuse me, Elisha is very connected to all of these things and understands the significance of Mount Carmel. And so it was his custom. The historians tell us that there was very likely a school of prophets as well at Mount Carmel. And it was the custom of Elisha that he would go there at times to pray and to seek the Lord and perhaps to instruct the school of the prophets. It was a day of travel by foot in both directions from Shunem. So if you were in Shunem, it was a day's travel by foot to get to Elisha's hometown. It was a day's travel by foot to get to Mount Carmel, where Elisha was often going. So this lady at this particular home, this became a home of hospitality that would offer rest for this man of God. This family lived there. We don't know just a whole lot about the husband, but we do know quite a bit about the wife. She was, Scripture says, a great woman, great in wealth, great in social standing. But more importantly, not, was she, was she, not only was she great in these areas of life that oftentimes we zone in on and we focus on, but she was great in discernment. She perceived, the Bible said, that Elisha was a prophet. Not only was she great in discernment, she was great in kindness. She would constrain him, the scripture says, to stop and to eat and to sit at their table and, and to, to take time just to gather himself. She was also great in contentment. She was happy where she was. She dwelled among her own people. And she was very content there. This was, Scripture says, a great woman. This great woman saw the need of Elisha when he would come through. And so she determined that she wanted to serve the Lord. And in order to do that, she would serve his prophet. So she leaned on her husband that they would use their considerable resources to be a blessing to him. Into his servant. And so she had him 
to build a room on the roof of their house. This was common in their days if you had the ability to do it. They would build a room on the roof of the house. It was a comfortable place to be. It, 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 was, it was the cooler part of the, of the house you could go to. There would be a breeze there. And she built this room for Elisha. And in the room she put uh, several things. And, and she, just, she wasn't looking for anything in return. She just wanted to be a blessing to him. And so one day as Elisha is sitting in that room... He calls for her. And he's been thinking about the fact that she has done so much for him. She's given him a place that he can stay the night. That, that he can relax and he can be refreshed. And he can be fed. And, and he can meditate. And, and he can have a break. And he can, he can cut that two-day trip. Uh, instead of going all the way through at one time, he can actually make it in two days now. So he wants to do something for her. And he asked her, he said, what is it that I can do for you? Let me stop and say this to you ladies today, that anything that you ever do for the kingdom of God, God will never be indebted to you. God will always pay you back. We don't just do things to get. We don't give to get. But it is a blessing to know that as we bless the kingdom of God, that God is always going to make sure that He in turn blesses us. What can I do for you, great lady? Would you like me to speak to the king? He asked her on your behalf. Would, would you like me to speak to the commander of the army on your behalf? Is there anything that I can do? And she looks back at Elisha and she says, I have everything that I need. I am a woman that is among my own people. I didn't do this to get anything from you. I don't want to ask you for anything. Elisha's taken aback just a little bit and comments to Gehazi, his servant, I can't believe there's nothing I can do for her. And Gehazi observes that she has no son. She was not a mother in the traditional sense of the word. Elisha called her back to this room and he prophesied to her. He says that in a year's time you will have a son. You know, it's amazing how God has a way of giving us the desires of our hearts when we delight ourselves in the Lord. God always makes sure that you're taken care of. You may not have everything you want all the time but you will always have everything you need and from time to time God's going to make sure that you get the thing that you want as well and so he prophesies to her and tells her what is going to come we husbands ought never to forget that many of our blessings have come about because of the dedication of our godly wives. There are men in this room today that we are blessed men, not just because of anything that we have done. The husband of this Shunammite woman was seemingly not a man of great faith. He was seemingly not a man who was as focused on the things of God as he could have been. I don't know that he was a bad man, 
but he was not at a spiritual level that she was. And I want to thank God for women who, because they had a heart for the kingdom of God and the things of God, that we are recipients of blessings simply because we are connected to them. Ladies, when you come into this house of prayer and worship, and you begin to lift up the Most High God, and you begin to weep as you sometimes may be prone to do, and you begin to be moved upon by His Spirit as you are prone to do, it doesn't only bless you, but it blesses those of us that are around you. And I want to stop in this message today. And I want to say thank you for being a woman of prayer. And I want to say thank you for being a woman of worship. And I want to say thank you for being a woman of intercession. And I want to say thank you for being a woman who wouldn't settle for the status quo. But you said, I want something greater. I want something more. And I'm going to push until it happens. Thank you, mothers. Thank you, ladies. She was a great woman that was given a great gift because it did come to pass within that year's time that she had a son. But unfortunately, some years later, the great woman with the great gift experienced a great sorrow. A few years later, the boy that has been born now goes out to the field with his father. As he's out there in the field with his dad, he says to him, My head, my head. And his dad says to his servant, what we dads tend to say, Take him to his mother. Any dads ever said that before? Take him to his mother. So the servant gets him. He brings him to the house where his mother is. And he sits on her lap, and he lays on her lap until noontime. And the Bible says that at noon, he dies in her arms. Can you imagine the great sorrow that had to fill her heart? The thing that she had scarcely dared to believe God for had died a sudden and a devastating death. What a test of your faith it is. When God seemingly takes from you what has been given to you. It was unfair. Amen. It was confusing. Amen. For many people it would have been a faith shattering moment. To have the gift of God that you didn't even ask him for. That the Lord said I'm just going to give it to you for the things that you have done. For that gift that was unsolicited. You didn't ask him because you were afraid that it might not happen. And yet, God said, I'm going to do it for you anyway. For that gift to die was such a tremendous blow to this woman. It was unfair and it was confusing. And for many it would have been that faith shattering moment. But not this lady. She took the child, she walked up the stairs, she laid him on the prophet's bed, and without telling her husband that the boy was dead, go read it, without even telling her husband that he was dead, she asked him to send one of the young men 
with a donkey so she could go and see the prophet and then return. He was confused when she made that request. And, and one of the reasons is because it was not what they considered to be a holy day. It wasn't the new moon. It was not the Sabbath. He said, I don't understand why you're going. And she looked back at him. The great woman who had a great gift, who experienced a great sorrow, looked back at her husband, and her reply was simple. Her reply was, it is well. One translation says it like this. She looked at her husband, and she said, it is all right. When I say all right, I don't mean, do you want to go to the store? All right. I don't mean A-L-R-I-G-H-T, all right. She said, it is all, A-L-L, right. When she said, it is well, she was saying to her husband that everything is okay. Everything is just as it should be. How can you say that, lady, whose life seems to be falling down around her? How can you say that, lady, that the thing that you had cherished more than anything else has died in your lap? How can you say it? I tell you how she could say it. She could say it because she had a great faith in a great God. Great women have great faith in a great God. She was a keeper of the well. She was not going to lose her well no matter what happened. It did not matter that her kid had gotten sick and died on her lap. She wasn't about to lose her well over that. She wasn't going to lose her well over the fact that her husband wouldn't understand what she was getting ready to do. She said, I've got a hold of something that I refuse to let go of. And I am preaching today to ladies in this room. You got a hold of a wellness. You got a hold of a well in your spirit. You got a hold of something at some point and you have refused to let go of it. There's been days that it wasn't a pretty day. There's been days when the sun did not shine. There's been days when the clouds rolled and the seas were, were waves and it seemed like everything that could go wrong, it went wrong. But thank God for women who said, I will not lose my well. I will not lose the thing that is right within me because I'm serving a God who is a great God. And I've got great faith in my great God. And I know, I know, I know that it is well. Clap your hands and give God praise. She gets on the donkey and she tells the servant, don't go at a walk. You need to get to moving. Don't slow down unless I tell you to. And she makes her way to Mount Carmel where Elisha was. Again, that was about a 25-mile trip. She makes her way on the donkey. And they're probably at a trot most of the time, maybe running some of the time, walking a little bit of the time. But she's getting there as fast as she can. And when he sees her coming, he sends Gehazi, his servant, out to meet her. And he said, I want you to ask her if all is well with her 
Ask her if all is well with her husband. Ask her if all is well with her child. And again, this woman has the opportunity to say, no, it's not well. No, things aren't right. No, I'm not happy. But instead, she looks back and she says it again. Sometimes you've just got to keep on saying it until your spirit really grabs a hold of it. She said, I'm going to declare it one more time. I told my husband back at the house, but I'm going to tell you as well. It is well. And sometimes we get to this house of God where we're going to meet the man of God. We're going to meet the Lord. And we get here and we may not feel like all is well. But every once in a while you've got to walk in here and you've got to say it by faith. I didn't come here feeling good. I didn't come here happy about the circumstances. But I did come here as a keeper of the well. Come on, ladies. How many keepers of the well do we have in here today? How many keepers of the well are there in this room? Hallelujah. I want to thank you for being keepers of the well. I want to thank you for encouraging us that everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be all right. I want to thank you for being women who would hold on to your faith in the Lord. I know that it's not always easy. I understand that there's times that it's very hard for you to do that. I know there's been days that it was difficult. It was difficult for you to get up and say, I'm going to go to the house of God anyway. But you did it. And there were things, and it seemed like everything that, was, that could possibly happen had happened. And it seemed like the kids weren't right. It seemed like the marriage wasn't right. It seemed like the finances weren't right. It seemed like family strife had taken its toll. But you said, I've got a well in my spirit. I'm not going to lose my well over all of these things. You've got to roll your sleeves up sometimes. You've got to put your feet down on a solid rock, Christ Jesus. You've got to look through all of the mess that life is throwing at you. And you've got to lift up your voice and with determination in your spirit, you've just got to every once in a while say, it is well. Why is it well? It's well because I said it is. It's going to be all right because I said it would be all right. Because I have favor with God. I've got a connection to Him. And I won't let anything else be a possibility. That's the kind of women that have changed our world. Are women who said, I refuse to have anything other than what is well be a part of my life. The word that is translated, it is well is actually a form of the Hebrew word shalom, what we would call peace. Now, the prophet goes back with her. He stretches himself over the child, and the child is raised from the dead. So the great woman, who had a great gift, who experienced a great sorrow, has now been given a great miracle. She's a great woman, folks. When she says it's well, it's shalom, it's peace. She was a woman of great peace. Great peace 
does not come easy. Can anybody say amen? Great peace doesn't come easy. Great peace doesn't, isn't based on your circumstances. Amen? Great peace is not based on life unfolding in the way that you thought it was going to unfold. Amen? That's not where great peace is found. The Bible tells us where great peace can be found. It says in Psalm 119 and 165. This, of course, is the psalm concerning the word of God. It says in verse 165, Great peace have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Ladies, when you fall in love with God's word and God's ways, despite what this world screams at you, you are opening the door for greatness in your life. Let me tell you how you become a great mother. The way to become a great mother is to delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Because great peace have they which delight themselves in the law of the Lord. And nothing shall offend them. But my kid backslid. But I'm going to keep saying it is well. But my husband's not doing right. But I keep saying it is well. But everything's not rolling the way I want it to roll. It is well. But, but you have every reason to get upset. I'm not going to get upset. You've got every reason to have a bad attitude. I'm not going to have a bad attitude. But you've got every reason to just wallow in depression. I'm not going to wallow in depression. Nothing shall offend me. Nothing is going to offend me. You can't, you can't circumstance me out of the church. And you can't get other people to offend me out of the church. Nothing is going to push me out of my relationship with God. I don't want to just be a good mother. I want to be a great mother. And to, have, to be a great mother, i got to get a hold of great peace. I've got to have a it is well in my spirit. Clap your hands. She could not be offended even in the worst storm of her life. It is because she had a great peace in the Lord. Her peace was greater than her trouble. Her peace was greater than her trouble. Too many people talk about what is wrong. And too few people talk about what is right. I'm going to say that again. Too many people talk about what is wrong, and too few people talk about what is right. What was wrong is that her son had died. Are you trying to diminish that and say that's not a big deal? No, that's a very big deal. We recognize that. But she wasn't wanting to talk about all that stuff. She mentions that one time, but she says it is well. Two times. If I'm going to tell you what's wrong, I'm not going to do that until I bookend it with what is right. 
before I tell you what's not going okay in my life, I just want to reaffirm one more time that God, whether you do a miracle or not, it's still going to be well with me. God, whether you answer my prayer the way I want it to or not, it's still going to be well with me. I'll still leave here saying it is all right. It is all right. Her peace was greater than her trouble. Let me... Let me point something out to you that we don't talk about very often with this woman when we deal with this story. But it's something we need to be reminded of. Because I'm, I'm preaching to you about a great woman who was given a great gift. And she went through great sorrow. And then God gave her a great miracle because she had a great peace. Let me tell you why all of this even would happen though. It's because God had a great reason. Later on. Elisha goes to this woman. I don't know if the husband is passed now or what. We don't know anything else about him. It would seem that he is off the scene. Elisha goes to the woman. And he says to her, there is a famine that is coming on this land. And you need to take your family and go. And so she gets her son and she leaves the place of Israel. And she goes... For seven long years. For seven years, she is away from their farm. She is away from their livelihood. She is away from all that has been known to her. As a matter of fact, you remember that she said, I dwell among my own people. I'm very happy. Part of her happiness and contentment was found in where she was. But for seven years, she has to leave. Second Kings, I've, what I've dealt with you about today is in Second Kings 4, but Second Kings chapter number 8 tells the rest of the story. When you begin to read about Second Kings 8, the Bible says that while this famine is coming to a close at the end of seven years, she has been sojourning in the land of the Philistines for seven years, that the king... Of Israel begins to talk with Gehazi, the servant of Elisha. And he says to him, I want you to tell me, Gehazi, all of the great things that Elisha hath done. I love that word great that keeps popping up. He says, Tell me all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass. One lady said that her favorite scripture in all the Bible was the ones where it said, and it came to pass. Thank God it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And it came to pass, as he was telling the king, how he had restored a dead body to life, that behold, the woman whose son he had restored to life cried to the king for her house, and for her land. And Gehazi said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. He said, King, I'm telling you the story about the woman. She was given a baby, and the baby died, and Elisha prayed over it, and it was restored to life. He said, This is that woman. She walked in. She began to ask the king to restore her land to her. 
Now, because of their laws, it probably never should have happened. She had forfeited her land by leaving them for so long. Yet the king, when he hears the story of what God did, and he hears about the faith of this Shunammite woman, and he hears about the great peace that she had within her, he sends an officer from his court, and he says, you go with her, and I want you to restore to her everything that belonged to her. Give her her farm back. Give her the equipment back. As a matter of fact, find out everything that that farm has produced in the last seven years, and I want you to give her all of that back as well. I am going to tell you right now that those with a great peace are going to come to find one day that God had a great reason for everything that he did because it probably never would have happened that they would have got the farm back. And they'd have got the stuff back. And they'd have got the income back. But God said, I was working a plan all along. All I needed was one mother who had great faith in me. I just needed one mother who had great peace in God. That said, I don't care what else happens. I've got a well in my spirit. And I'm going to keep a hold of it. I'm not going to let go of it for anything. Only those with great peace ever get to the place of understanding God's great reason. In this room today, we are surrounded by a host of good women and good mothers. But I feel in the Holy Ghost today, as I was praying last night for this service, I began to feel something in my spirit that God said, I want you to speak to women some of them are good women. He said, but you tell them that today I'm calling them to be great women. I want you to speak to those women today. I want you to tell them that they have the ability that if they will allow me to through the power of the Holy Ghost, I am going to move them today from good to great. I'm going to get them from where the things that that have bothered them, have tormented them. I'm going to move them to a place of great peace where nothing shall offend them. I'm getting ready to move them to a place where the devil can do whatever the devil's going to do. But they're going to have such a peace in me. If they will receive it, I'm going to give them such a great peace that the devil won't be able to cause them so much grief that they can't hold on to me. And that life can't throw something at them that's so great that they can't hold on to me. I'm going to give them greatness today. Clap your hands with a shout. That word peace, <coughs> that word peace, it means completeness. It means soundness. It means welfare, tranquility, contentment. It is a Covenant peace with God. The peace God wants you to have, sweet lady, is a covenant peace with him. The greatness of a mother is not found in all that she can do. It's not found in how many things she can juggle. That's good motherhood. 
The greatness of a mother is not found in being able to balance the job and the home life. A good mother can do that. It's not found in how clean the house is and how satisfied the husband is and how happy the kids are. A good mother can accomplish any of those things. The greatness of a mother is found in loving God's law. And for those special women, God gives his best. He gives them great peace. Because that woman loved God's law, God said, I'm going to give you great peace. Shalom. It is well. It is all, A-L-L, right. Everything is right. Shalom. Peace. She didn't get that on her own. Peace that passes understanding does not come from you. It does not come from your circumstances. It does not come from anything you can do or manufacture. It comes from God. God gives his best to you ladies. Whenever you love his law. Thank you women who don't mind living for God the way the Bible has called you to live for God. You, you, if, if, folks, let's be real careful. Please don't fall into the, the trap of our day and age. And I'm coming to a close here, Brother Bill, or somebody. Come help me uh, out a little bit. I, I tend to preach faster when you're behind me. The day and age that we are living in right now. It seems like everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. Nobody, you ever been telling somebody a story and they've got to tell you a story that outdoes your story? Don't you want to kick those people in the shin? Here you are. You're just telling your experience and... and, and and when it's all said and done, your, your experience is supposed to be nothing, you know. Well, that's nothing. Let me tell you what happened to me. How about you go tell it in another room somewhere? <laughs> We're living in a day where everybody's trying to one-up. And social media has exacerbated the problem to a tremendous degree. If something... If you're going through something, somebody else got to tell what they're going through. And it's almost like we get on social media now to see who can get the most sympathy. I have a rule. I'm not getting on social media to have pity parties. And I understand that we got to be careful because we can also only see some people's highlight reels. But I'm going to talk to you about what's good in my life. I'm going to talk to you about what's right in my life. I'm not getting on social media to, to run everything down. And neither should you. We need to be careful. The Bible talks about our speech as Christians. And just because it's type doesn't mean it's not speech. Can you say amen? Everybody's trying to outdo one another. But I want to thank you wonderful women. And I'm preaching today to women who are traditional mothers. But I'm also preaching to you non-traditional mothers too. We've got you in this church. And you're a mother in this church. You're a grandmother in this church. 
you mean a lot to us. I want to thank you for being great women. I want to thank you for being willing to lead, lead lives of holiness unto God. And not trying to take scriptures out of context. Don't judge me. We're not, we're not judging you. Just because we preach truth does not mean we're trying to judge you. I'm just pastoring now, okay? I took my glasses off so I can't see. Just because we preach truth doesn't mean we're trying to judge you. But just in case you, you feel that way, let me just remind you, there's another scripture in the Bible that says that the life of the saint will judge the sinner. Not because they're trying to, to be judgmental, but because their life is a testimony in and of itself. They cannot hide it. A city that is set upon a hill cannot be hid. They can't hide their life, and so their life becomes a source of... I'm going to use a word here. The people who don't like truth won't like this, but I'm, I'm in the Bible. Their life becomes a source of comparison. Where God says, I'm using my saint as a way for you to compare your own life to see where you should be. Thank you women who don't try to get out from obeying the law of the Lord. You're those women who have the testimony of David. And you say, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. And it's not just what's been written on a stone anymore. But it's what's been written on the fleshy tables of our hearts. You're great women and you're great mothers. And I say thank you. Thank you. For modeling prayer. Thank you for modeling devotion to the house of the Lord. Thank you for all that you do. Without you, I don't want to know where this church would be. I thank God for you. The Lord gave me a verse of scripture. He actually chapter. It's not a long one. It's 17 verses. And I end with this today. It is a chapter, I've never seen this before in, in all of my life. I've never seen this. But this is a chapter to women. Everybody say, to women. Ladies, would you say this? Say, it's for me. I want you to hear the word of the Lord to you today. Sing, O barren, Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, you who did not and, and ladies if you'll listen carefully he's going to cover every single one of you in this one chapter sing o barren you who did not bear a child break forth into singing and cry aloud you who did not travail with child for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife says the Lord enlarge the place of your tent let them stretch out the curtains of your habitations spare not lengthen your cords and strengthen 
your stakes. For you shall spread out to the right hand and to the left, and your descendants shall inherit the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Do not fear. In 21, coming out of 2020, do not fear. For you shall not be ashamed nor be humiliated. For you shall not be put to shame. For you shall forget the shame of your youth. But you don't understand there's things in my past that I'm not proud of. God said I'm going to cause it where you don't have to remember the shame of your youth. You shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And your redeemer, ladies, is the Holy One of Israel. He shall be called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit. And a wife of youth when you were refused says your God for a small moment I have forsaken you but with great mercies I will gather you in a little wrath listen to this everybody say little wrath I hid my face from you for everybody say a moment he said but with everlasting kindness there was a little wrath for a moment. But he said it's going to be kindness that is everlasting. With everlasting kindness, I shall have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this, listen to this, ladies, the promise that God makes in this scripture. This was not a one. Well, that's Old Testament. That's not to us. No, 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 no. Listen to what he says. This is not a one-time promise. For, at, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that I would not be wrathful with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord who has mercy on you. O afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Have I talked to any ladies yet here today? We've talked about widows. We've talked about those discarded in, in your marriage. We talked about those that were barren. We talked about every kind of woman. O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. I will lay your stones with fair colors. I will lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your windows of agates and your gates of crystal and all your borders of precious stones. God said, I'm going to build you into something beautiful. All your sons shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your sons. The great peace God gave you, you're going to pass it down. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression. 
for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Indeed, they shall surely assail you fiercely, but not from me. Whoever assails you shall fall for your sake. See, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire, and who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the destroyer in order to cause ruin. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Ladies, that chapter was written for you. God put that in the Bible just for you. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you're going to be able to condemn it. Not You're not going to have to speak back to it. You're going to have a life that is such that your life is going to condemn and turn back what has been said. Let me tell you how you get this promise from the Lord. It is to become a great woman. It is to become a great lady. And God has a great peace for you if you will just love His law. In this room today, there are women. You're getting ready to go from good to great. God's getting ready to put an anointing on you before we walk out of this room that's going to change your life. Some of you that are older, I, just, I feel this in my spirit right now. Some of you that are older, you're probably thinking, I wish somebody would have preached this to me as a young mother. I would have quit trying to find my greatness in everything else. And I would have focused on finding my greatness in loving the law of God. That is the greatest thing you could do to become a great mother is to fall in love with God's law. Because when you do that, God is going to give you a great peace. And it will be well. You will be a keeper of the well when that happens. Could all of our ladies that are in this room, could you stand with me today? Age, Let's say age 18 and above. Would you stand with me today? Look at all of these great women. Foyer, we've got them all throughout the building. We've got them. Ladies, God's getting ready to pour out a blessing on you that's going to change your life. When you leave here today, you are going to be a keeper of the well. It is all right. You're going to leave here with that testimony. I would ask that you would close your eyes and that you would just raise your hands to the Lord. And I ask right now that you would ask of the Lord that He would help you, that there would be something in this service that would begin to move through the power of His Spirit right now that would cause you to fall in love with the Word of God and the ways of God in greater depth than you ever have before. Would you pray that prayer right now, ladies? Come on and lift your voice, ladies. 
pray it out loud right now. Would you do that? feel an impartation in the Holy Ghost that is happening in this room right now. That's it. Come on, let this fall. Let this fall right now. Receive this right now. You've got to open your spirit up to it. Receive this right now. God's pouring this out right now for you. Receive this. Come on, that's it. Listen to me, ladies. I know there's days you felt like you dropped the ball. I know there's days you feel like you just don't got it together. There's days where you feel overwhelmed. There's days where you feel like you don't have the tools that you need. Your greatness isn't found in getting all that stuff worked out. Your greatness is found in loving the law of the Lord. And God's going to take reproach off of some of you right now. That you've been battling things and you've been carrying things for many years, some of you. And God's getting ready to pull that reproach off of you right now. In the name of Jesus. I want to speak a word over you. I just feel this so strong. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I speak a word that is, that is, that, that is an unction from heaven right now. That the reproach that women that are under the sound of my voice have felt. That you are pulling that reproach off of them right now, God. The things that they have allowed to cause them to feel shame. The things that they have had that have caused them to feel inadequate. You are pulling that reproach off of them right now. By the power of the name of Jesus, God. You have something better for them. God, you have something. They're going to quit looking for their validation as a mother in this world and they're going to find their validation of greatness in you it's going to come from you and nothing and nothing and nothing shall offend them